0: Peter Wynn. Peter, good morning to you.
1: Hey, good morning, Jared. Morning, Lauren. Good morning, Josh. Thank you for having me on.
0: No, great to have you on the show. Hey, first, I wanted to ask you, I, I, just for our audience, tell us about when you met the Queen.
1: Yeah, that was probably, certainly reflecting on it now, it's one of the highlights of my life, actually. I was part of the, the Australian Rugby League team, and we were invited to meet the Queen at a state reception at the Sheridan uh, Hilton, uh, Sheridan Hi, Hilton Park down there in, in Sydney on a, on a Tuesday night by the then Premier and, and all the members of Parliament. And anyway, I was standing there talking to all the boys that were in the team in those days, we're all dressed up nice in our suits, the Australian Rugby League suit and in walked the Queen, followed by Prince Philip. And I just can't believe she just walked straight towards me and I just got eye contact with her and she walked over to me. And, and the first thing I said to her, I said, oh, you're opening our new stadium on Friday she said, oh, do you play for the Parramatta Reels? I said, yes. And she said, uh, is it a new stadium or has it been used before. And I said to her, it's a brand new stadium never been used. She said, I'm so happy to hear that. She said, often I'll invite to these functions and uh, to, buy, to open different things that have already been used once before. But I'm, I'm very happy about that. And, and good luck to you. And I said, thank you. And then next year was Michael O'Connor. Snod, nice. nice says to her, I've met you before at Buckingham Palace. And I couldn't believe it. She said, oh, were well, you were the Australian schoolboys team. And she said, yes. And I said, yeah, 1978, we were there. And she said, yes, I remember you. And, and off she went. But, but her to have that knowledge for her to be prepared like she was for what was happening in her itinerary, but I was just blown away. She's a beautiful woman, in, impeccably dressed. Her skin was immaculate. And I had my wife with me, and she, she commented, oh, wow, what, a, what an amazing woman, You know what, what an opportunity that was. But that's how it was back in 1986, so many years ago. And of course, she, she bore us a bit of luck too, boys. the won the... Won our first game against St George that year at
2: uh, Parramatta Stadium, of course, went on to win the premiership. Well, the Eels' last premiership, if I put it in perspective. Well, you mentioned the Eels' last premiership Winnie. and you know how 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 do you think the boys are placed this year? Because most people that you talk to say that this is their best opportunity in a long while to
1: win a comp. You're finishing the top four maybe it gives you such a big advantage, and, and the Eels have done that. They've lost one game; they're, they're able to go back into the, into the bunkers, watch the replay of, of why they lost that game against Penrith. They can then look at how Canberra how went about winning their game against the Storm. So they've got the best preparation going. You know, like I just think that does do a knock for them last Friday night. But they're good enough, strong enough. They've want it that bad enough. You know, it's there to be had. I certainly do know. From the, I'm, I'm more a fan these days, as as you can imagine, and. Uh, I hear so much from the fans that you're exactly right. The fans are just hanging out for another premiership, and they do believe the same thing that the was in the best position to win the conflict they're going.
3: Peter, as as an ex para great. There's a perception of Parramatta when it comes to, I suppose, semi-final football that they start get, getting a little bit shaky. Do you do you think this happens to them uh, year in year out, and, and what do you think they need to do to change that? And, you
1: know? I suppose, going you know, to use your own experience. The first semi-final, the first final that I played, it was uh, the major semi-final in 1979 against St George. And you know what? We got beaten. I'm still recovering from that. You know, that, that, how many years ago was that? I'm recovering from because we were beaten. I think 15-11, and then St George went on and won the grand final. We played the following week against Canterbury, we got beaten, and we missed even the team playing in the grand final. But you never recover. I mean, I think that's, that game last Friday night, if the players are a fair income. You know, they've, they've really got to use that for their advantage and and, and put it behind them and, and, and learn that feeling of losing a semi-final. You can't... You know, there's, there's nothing so... Um, I don't know what it is. It's demoralised. So if you take that on board, you know, and, you know it's, it's to an advantage for them. But and then you, you reflect on other semi-finals you played in when you won finals and the next thing you're in the grand final. And, and that excitement, that buzz, of getting into the grand final, of the semi-final, of the final, of a preliminary final win. There's nothing like it. You know, and to experience that, I feel very lucky. I just hope these guys can put that, use that bit of thought in their mentality and just get out there and give it every shot they've got this Friday night. But, you know, yeah, I suppose you're right. They finished the top four a couple of years ago and lost two in a row. You know, last year, you know, we, we got knocked over pretty early. So you've got to put that behind you, though, you know, and just move forward.
0: We're speaking with Parramatta, great Peter Wynn. Peter, should Mitch Moses be allowed to play?
1: In my career, I got knocked out a few times and you know, I missed you know, about six weeks there at one stage. You know when you're ready to play yourself, you, know, you don't need a doctor to see you play. If he's right to play, he gets out there and plays. You know, so, so much is being made of the head of eyes this day and age. And I, I give the league credit for, you know, addressing this issue because it does impact on the player quite severely. But... I think Mitch will know if he's right to play. If he's right, just get out there and give it your best shot. Mm-hmm. I, I
2: think Parramatta's best football is good enough to win this game. Uh, winning. And not only win this game, but to actually win the competition. But I just find at times they look as though they may go into their shell and they tighten up. It, it, how do you see Parramatta as a footy club and do you see their best winning it this year?
1: games, one in the forwards. I don't know what Loz thinks or what Josh thinks. I just know how tough it is out there. And I Just just comparing those two packs of forwards, I mean, uh, you can't underestimate King and Virginia. I mean, that's uh, Parley and Sapini, Sapini. I think I said it right, Whitehead and um, Hudson Young. Gee, they were brutal at the weekend. Our blokes, you know, Junior, follow, uh Big Campbell, Redding, they're, like, they're big and tough men. You know, they, they can match Campbell you know, our force matching more fronts of Wayne and Papali and Madison, they really get a chance to stand up against a pretty good back and forwards this weekend. So for me, whoever wins it the forward battle, that's gonna they're gonna win the game. You know, it's there to be taken. It matter won bad enough and these guys are there with their bodies on the line and they're there to do whatever it takes, you know, don't take a pack with steps, you know, face take camper up front. and I really think we've got the back you know, the backs to finish the job off. But uh, that for me, maybe that little our little hooker, it's time for him to step up, little Reed Marnie and a bit of havoc around the ruck area up against those bigger forwards of Canberra. You know, there might be a few gaps there, and maybe he's the, he's the link, the whole key whole to Parramatta's
3: win. Peter, that was actually going to be my next question about Reed. I think okay. he's one of the best you know, hookers in the game. Um, and everyone obviously talks about Canberra's big pack, and don't get me wrong, they're big. They're probably one of the best packs in the game at the moment. But I think sometimes it's best to go after, you know, someone's someone's best point. Canberra are confident at the moment, but if Reed can get in behind the ruck a little bit, I think that's where they can create some some havoc through the middle. Do you, do you agree with that, mate?
1: I agree with that. Yeah, you know, the big blokes when they're hitting it up straight and hard, you know, you know where they are. But when, when you've got a couple of players who step around a bit, like um, you know, Whitehead and Hudson Young, you know, you just got to be aware of that. But for Reed Marnie, he's got to get in that dummy half and have his eyes open, see 480-degree view of what's going on out there. Obviously, he's going to get called from his half-5-8 situation on the side of the ruck. But when that opportunity's there, he's just got to get down low. What old Jack used to, used to say is to get close to the line, get down low and bar at him. So it's ready to get down low so they can't get him up. Get him up. He's only a little guy, but he's got plenty of tenacity and plenty of speed about him. So, yeah, I think a lot depends on him. He's got to get good, good passes you know, to his support plan, he's got to get in take every opportunity when it's presented. Because they don't present themselves that often in semi finals mm. You just got sort to of have the awareness and take
2: them and go on every play, I suppose, is the old saying. Winnie, you mentioned, um, you know, Jack Gibson there before. Um, and we're talking about coaches and, you know, winning big games. And Jack before a big game, you know, I was lucky enough to have him as my coach in State of Origin. He wasn't one for Great words and 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 you know, motivational speeches. You know what, what did he say to you guys before you run out? Because I'm assuming he wouldn't have said a great deal, but the point of the message would have hit you straight between the the eyes. We we're
1: lucky to play on him, of course, in state of origin, and you know, Jack was pretty low key. But I think just his mere presence in the dressing shed, and Jack walked in. You knew you were doing it for yourself. You knew you were doing it for him. You knew you were doing it for your, your supporters out in the fans. But before every game, Jack would always have a sit down, just like they do now, a little circle. And Jack wouldn't say too much. You know, he, he might just just look around at everybody, individually and just give a nod of the head. There wasn't much come out of Jack's you know Jack's head before a game. And at halftime, it was the same. It was the same thing. We'd walk in, get our glasses, power raid, and sit down. And Jack would just go through a few. That's you might just pick someone out of your, your tackle count's a bit low. But that's all he said. And you knew yourself whether or not your tackle count was down. And for well, him saying that, it was a motivation in himself to get out there and pick that side up. Or he, or he might say to someone, you know, you're trying a couple of bad passes there. He, he didn't get up here for making the mistakes. No way. But he just said enough in those concise little words to get the message home that, you know, you need to pick your socks up when you get back out there in the second half. And before a game, going back to what he first asked me, it it's the same thing, you know. He wouldn't say too much. He just said, well, we're ready. We've done the hard work. Nothing has to change. Just do what we've done all week. And that was it. And out we go, you know. He might touch one or two blokes in the back on the shoulder that ball past him. But he didn't really point anyone out individually. You know, during the week, that was all done. And When it comes to game day, as Jack said, it's game day. That's it. We've done all the hard work during the week.
0: Peter, how's the knee, I think? you had a similar thing to Loz where you played on when you could have had the surgery at the time, chose to play on of course and now here you go you have to have the surgery later in life Yeah, you
1: know, that was that was a crossroads in my career as well, that was back in 1981, I was about five minutes out from half time at Cumberland Oval and um, you know, you're strong, you've done all the hard work during the off season and Hit the ball up in a tap kick. I think Sterlo passed him the ball. And then all of a sudden, Dr. George Capone, who's played with the hooker for Bulldogs those days, jumped out from nowhere to hit me in the knee. And the knee went wobbly, loz. And then um, went off at half time. And Jack came up to me and said, you all right? I said, yeah, Jack, I'm all right. And I played the whole second half. but That was it. Had an arthroscope. And I snapped the posterior cruciate ligaments. Uh, didn't play for 12 months. I think if I had it all over again, you'd have been wiser. And But I just think the wanting to play the game... You know the fitness that you had, you just thought you're, you were in, you, know, you thought you're invincible. I certainly didn't think I was invincible. Now it was forty odd years ago, and so I finally got it fixed. So if we had more limbered around, boys, <laughs> I might be able to catch him. I played Liza again, and I might be able to catch him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and no doubt the Western yeah. Sydney teams being successful that helps jumper sales surely. <laughs>
1: At the moment, like you said before, you know, the fans are hanging out, they're, they're ready for Friday night. You know, they're coming and picking their stock, whatever there is left there to, to pick up their jerseys, their colours, their flags, or whatever, you know. But yeah, a lot of anticipation. It's a big build up, isn't it? It's amazing ground to be played at two complex Stadium. Big for Canberra Raiders to come to town. So, yeah, it's, it's, an, or- it's an enormous game in the scheme of things.
0: Well, Peter, we really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, enjoy the rest of the finals. And for your sake, hopefully para Well, Loz is foxing. Loz says the Raiders have got no chance. We know that he's Ooh. telling fibs. Yeah, uh, paramount will be too strong. Hey, Loz,
1: I think I heard uh, your coach playing at low the weekend as well, you know? But I'll just give Josh Reynolds one tip, OK? Jack gives his words to me when I give the knee. He said, mate, don't retire. <laughs> You're a long-time retired Play as long as you can, all right? Big going,
3: Josh, all right? Ah, thank you, mate. I've heard that a lot lately, actually, yeah. so, that is, yeah. You
1: got
3: that I appreciate your that.
1: Yeah, cheers, mate. You're a long-time retired, eh, Loz? <laughs>
2: you certainly are, Winnie. Great to have you on this morning, mate.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Johnny. I really appreciate it. And I have to say, Los, go para! Oh! <laughs> <laughs>